and welcome to the COVID in You podcast. Today I'm joined by Gareth talking about social media. Hello, I'm Gareth Boyce, the Member of Parliament for South East Hampshire. I've been working on lots of different things recently and been doing a lot of research into social media, so I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to discussing it more today. So, Gareth, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. And how have you found sort of dealing with school during the pandemic? It's been uh, an interesting one. So the different sort of methods of having remote learning, of course, so whether that's via Teams or Zoom, Mm. and having different sort of how things are working, such as... um, the changes that have been made to GCSEs, so now having to sit uh, different mocks to um, what was originally planned and obviously the final exams being changed and not happening, so to speak. So what has been your overall experience with the pandemic? Um... A lot of it has been positive because I've gained a lot from it in terms of being locked down because I've learned a lot and I've been able to practice new skills and um, such as well, research into social media, definitely one of them. Um, and I think there's been a lot of challenges, um, particularly um, like locally, trying to get people. Um, like originally, when school uh, schools weren't required to ask students to wear masks, so I was trying to I think of how what would persuade people to actually wear a mask. Mm. Yeah, because I remember sort of just before I moved to um, Year Twelve. Um, our school didn't make us wear masks at all even though we knew the pandemic was going on and we knew things were happening and I remember even the day that we were let out early a lot of teachers and a lot of students were just not really up for wearing masks and they weren't really up for sort of social distancing at that point so our last day last year was definitely one where everyone was super close to each other and no one was really wearing a mask but I think we've kind of seen now how important masks are and really that we should have been wearing them from much earlier. So when it comes to social media, why do you think there's been an effect on it since the pandemic? I think a lot of it's been people trying to connect with each other. Mm. And also, such as Twitter, being able to get their voice heard. So there's been a a big spike in activism on TikTok twitter being the two biggest i would say mm, um for that that kind of thing and platforms like instagram playing a big role in actually connecting with people yeah. similar to facebook um of course instagram being owned by facebook but um just being able to message each other um i guess it's more snapchat but yeah yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Instagram has been a bit more of a sort of communications hub as opposed to sort of Facebook because a lot of young people don't really use it as much. And 
it's also been a bit of an educator as well because you see a lot of stuff on there a lot of information that you can sort of read through and educate yourself about a bit more especially when you see issues on sort of twitter or tiktok and people are talking about sort of things that they feel as injustices within their sort of own lives and their own areas and then you can kind of educate yourself more when you go and look on instagram and see all these different posts and all these different materials that people have put together so it's quite interesting to see how we've during the pandemic we've really utilized social media not just for communication but also education yes yeah definitely so since lockdown one compared to now which one do you think was better or worse um i would say this pandy this latest lockdown has been better than before because Mm -hmm. Uh, such as schools have now learnt the best way that they can use the online platforms like Teams or Zoom. Um, a lot of people are used to um, using platforms like Zoom now for meetings, um, social meetups, and just being able to um, look after themselves. Yeah, I think it's been a real learning point because I think initially sort of lockdown one, a lot of people were sort of upset about, you know, exams and this whole situation being so uncertain and so new. And then now we're sort of in a third lockdown where things are getting better and, you know, with the vaccine programme and more people getting vaccinated and it's all sort of looking a bit up now and people are sort of getting used to the pandemic and getting used to sort of using social media as a way to educate people and especially with the schools, because I remember sort of lockdown one, the schools were not at all used to using Teams or Zoom or anything like that. So yeah. they're very like, uh, we're not going to use that. They kind of tried as much as they could to avoid it. And, you know, tried to find workaways around it. And a lot of those workaways initially were not that great, you know, sending people along lists over emails and things like that. And sort of, it really cut down the social interaction sort of within the first lockdown. But by the third, mm. they sort of started to integrate those systems and things like Teams and Zoom into sort of the sort of curriculum and stuff like that that they finally sort of managed to get around it and you know utilize the tools and you know these are things that we can literally be using forever i guess and even past the pandemic we can still be using them on say snow days yeah. and stuff like that or when people are ill it could also be something we can use to sort of help that yeah it's how we can use the tools that we've learned in lockdown uh, like tunes or zoom or any online platform like that to be able to um, advantage ourselves more in the future as technology is moving and we need to keep up with that change with platforms such as Zoom, Teams, etc. Definitely, definitely. So how have you and your friends been able to cope? Have you been using sort of social media platforms to talk to each other or how, how have you been doing it? So a lot of the time... Um, I've seen people on Instagram um, and for communication a lot we've been um, I've been using Discord with my friends mm. um, which we found very beneficial um, the features of the voice channels um, one of the best features is that it's easy to join and leave them unlike Zoom with yeah. the waiting room because the way Discord works is it's locked to a certain group of people definitely because i personally i use a lot of different um social media platforms and i've seen that 
Discord has actually come out as a top platform within a lot of my friends because you've got the voice channels, you've got the different bots that you can add on, you can have music um, streams and stuff like that within the same platform and you have the ability to share things as you would do on Instagram or anywhere else. But the flexibility and the easy and the sort of ability to sort of leave and join and to have your camera on or not have your camera on or just have voice or go AFK if you can't sort of be around or whatever in a game or whatever. And yeah discord has just been so it's kind of been like the best bits of zoom the best bits of teams and a bit of instagram sort of put in there yeah sort of tiktok yeah. as well it's kind of like a, a massive <laughs> of loads of different things within it so i think yeah discord has actually been like a really cool tool that like we never it's been around but we never really sort of used it because we didn't think it was like a cool thing to use at that point but now it's actually been really really useful yes being able to extend it as well, especially if you know how to code. I've just recently been looking at creating the bots and um, the functionality is um, sky's the limit. Mm, yeah, definitely. And even if you're sort of new to coding or new to sort of the world of Discord, it's something that you can pick up easily. And if you want to sort mm, of extend yeah. yourself and sort of make it a bit more complicated or use it for more gaming definitely. things in there, it's got something for everyone whether you're sort of new to it or whether you're someone that's sort of like been there for ages there's always just something different and some new trick that you can find and add on to it so i find that quite cool about it so i know you are hosting a sort of um talk over discord called our society can you tell us a bit more about that so um yes this started with something back in january actually um Back when, um, well, it goes a bit further back. At school in December, it was. Um, I was after school um, at, I wouldn't really call it a club, but uh, it was me, some other friends in my year. Um, and we were talking about the situation of GCSEs and how um, they hadn't really been cancelled, but we were waiting for more information and waiting to find out, like, um, if they would be cancelled, if they, more content would be taken out. Uh, and it was about how we were feeling, like, we were discussing how we felt and what we thought should happen. And we were discussing about how we thought they should be cancelled. So, move ahead a bit to January, just before the announcement, I was working on some stuff to do with that. Um, and was looking at reports and... The person that created GCSEs originally, um, that's now Lord, I, um, I'll have to tell what their name is because I've forgotten now, but they were saying that they, um, and they were calling for the uh, GCSEs to be scrapped, not just for the pandemic, but forever, um, because they didn't think they were a good idea anymore. And that's, that was sort of a starting point of where the Our Society idea came from. Mm-hmm. A bit later on, being, um, there was about uh, social media and why do you care how many followers you've got? Why do you care how many likes you've got? And then that sort of got me thinking about the mental health side of it. And also mm. in school, if you've got an exam, um, not even an exam, but like when you're nervous to put your hand up, like why are you nervous of getting the answer wrong? Mm. Um, and that's where it came from, really. No, because I I think, like, it's a really interesting thing to do. And I think this is, like, an amazing way to sort of go over sort of social media and how, you know, there are psychological triggers behind it. Because although social media, as we've mentioned, with Discord and things like that, can be an amazing tool and can really, really 
um, benefit a lot of people's lives. At the same time, there are these little things in society where things from sort of social media have come into sort of real life and sometimes it's, it's a bit hard to find the boundary between the two and sometimes you find yourself sort of stuck in this almost virtual world which is quite damaging to your mental health and especially when you're in a bad place you know sometimes you go on social media for example the other day a friend mentioned to me about how she went on TikTok and that day she was not feeling her best and she was just feeling really really anxious and the way obviously TikTok's algorithm sort of is a bit sort of all over the place at the moment but it sort of suggests what's popular around you and sort of say someone else is having a bad day in your area and they're searching up quite dark things and things that sort of like thoughts in their mind that are quite sort of damaging and stuff like that and if someone sort of in the proximity of you is searching up those things they can come up on your for you page too and if you're already in a dark place it's not the best thing to have those sorts of things being brought to your for you page so yeah 100%. there's a good and a bad side of social media and i think it's just a matter of teaching young people from a very very young age that you know you've got to be able to make that boundary between the two and i think like you know having ages on social media apps is good and stuff like that but there needs to just be a lot more regulation on people creating accounts and the age of creating accounts and things like that because i know like things like um instagram and twitter and stuff like that they're all about like 13 ish but i know many people on those apps that are way younger than that so there needs to be a bit more Mm. regulation on who can join in and the sort of documents and stuff they've got to submit to get on those apps Mm. and yeah it's a very important thing It's, it's hard because um Recently, it was in a parliament debate, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think it was from a petition um, that you should have to submit ID to create a social media account to prove who you are. But I then saw the argument of privacy and um, what if it's a charity group. And it's mm. trying to draw that fine line between... Um, protecting people and creating a healthy platform and invading privacy too far for example yeah because i feel like although uploading passports and ids and things is just a bit inconvenient because obviously at 13 you're not really gonna have many forms of id apart from a passport and i think that is just a bit too much but at the same time i want some sort of not necessarily a document as such but like some sort of thing that you can upload and say like, oh, I am 13. So whether it be like, I don't know, um, oh, maybe like an acceptance letter or something into a secondary school or something that's, yeah. that's you know, related to you and is an official document, but not something that's too like hard to get or too sort of like personal. Yeah, yeah. So I know recently um, Gavin Williamson was mentioning a phone ban. Um, due to the fact that you know young people lack discipline and order and things like that but I feel that in circumstances especially in recent times where we've seen a lot of um, sexual harassment cases where you know these are places where you do need your phone you do need to contact people I feel that's quite damaging and how do you feel that there's a way to combat sort of the discipline and order thing but also sort of allow people the ability to sort of access their phones and have the social media so they can contact people when they're in danger so, I think that phones should be allowed, but at the same time, um, I'll use the example of what we do at my school. So, 
we're not allowed our phones during the day, mm-hmm. except if, for example, in a lesson, we are using them for, like, cahoots, um, mm-hmm. popular over lockdown as well. Um, so if we want to do cahoot, we then ask to get our phone out, or if we're doing research, um, and we're having computers in the room because it's like English, mm. um, then get our phones out and research. And they can be really useful for that. So I think the problem is when people are getting them out when they're not meant to. I yeah. think that's what should be being focused on. I don't think banning them from schools is um, at all beneficial or useful. No. Uh, also, after schools, they are really useful. For example, I helped... Um, I was working on a large project at my school. I won't go into too much detail as what it was. But uh, after school, every week, we would... Um, we would have people would have there's like a team of 15 20 of us we'd have mm-hmm. to go around the school doing certain things for the project um, and sometimes we have to use our phones to communicate with each other to find out where we were and how things were getting on and I think a lot of that project um, it was an amazing success but I don't think we would have been able to pull it off as well or as easily if we hadn't had access to our phones Definitely, definitely. Especially like, you know, when you're doing group peace and you're sort of around a lot of people. And even like now during the pandemic, a lot of us can't physically meet up either because people are shielding mm. or whatever. And to have the social media there in place enables us to still have that social interaction to an extent, but also be able to do our work and get things done. And yeah. we, so my school currently, because um, I'm in college, we're allowed phones mm. pretty much whenever. And there is no, like, specific rule to say that we're not allowed them in the classroom or whatever, because a lot of the time we are asked to just get out our phones on research things. But in my um, secondary school, in year seven, we were allowed to have them pretty much wherever and whenever we wanted, as long as we didn't disrupt the teacher within the lesson or just kind of, like, pull them out and sit the whole lesson on our phone. And then, like, a lot of um, cyberbullying happened and things online. And by year eight, they were banned again. And... At that point, I think a lot of people just really frustrated because, yeah, we're all in school and stuff like that, but a lot of people just kind of, like, wanted to sort of be able to listen to music at break and sort of, like, post mm. stuff that that's going on in school and sort of just, like, having fun and just, you know, um, being our year eight selves and just mucking about on the field and we just wanted to, like, record those sorts of things and those little moments so we could save them and keep yeah. them for later on. And so, like, a lot of people from year eight, we don't really have that many sort of pictures or memories from it. But then, sort of, year nine we started to we were allowed to have them again a bit in lessons but only if like the teacher physically said like oh yeah you can have your phones out or whatever and yeah. i think i saw a real change in sort of the mood towards social media in year nine and obviously these are only like a, a year's difference between the two but once we were allowed to have our phones again you know enable us to sort of sit in our lessons and do work with things and enable the lesson to go on so much faster because we only had one sort of well, a few ICT suites within the school. So obviously, you know, with a school of yeah. 900 or plus students, you're not going to have the ability to always be going to computer lab or whatever, especially if a lot of the classes are stuff like science and stuff and they've all got other equipment in the classroom. So to have the ability to use your phones and research and contact other people, even people that are ill, for example, like on mm. days when people have sick days, you can update people during the lesson and say like, oh, currently we're doing this, 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 this. We've read through this in the ebook maybe um, you should read these pages after we've done them or something like that. And you can update people in the current time so they don't have to do it sort of later on or um, at some sort of later stage or whatever. Then, and they're not really yeah. sort of substituting their education entirely because they're still getting the same information as the people that are in the class are having. Definitely. So 
it, it is a great tool to use and it definitely has helped a lot of people. So how has it personally sort of helped you within sort of your um, school life? Um, I mean, I'd say that, that project in particular um, also through, um, I mean, generally we, in terms of actually inside lessons, we don't use our phones too much. Um, breaks and lunch, we don't tend to use them either. Um, but I think the most useful case of them has been stuff like researching mm. and um, I remember back in like year eight, year seven, year nine, those sort of years, um, if we had to go create like a short film for English uh, or a podcast, we would use our phones to record and edit it. And those are the, those are the biggest impacts, I'd say that um, they've had on my education, um, but we've never, there's never been too much negative in terms of actually using them within school. Mm. So what about sort of um, on a wider scale, sort of within your general life, how has social media helped you? Um, I would say sort of a lot of it's more activism, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's, being able to give me, other young people, a voice. Because a lot of the time, I don't think we would be heard as easily. No. Um, and this is something the internet has brought about in general. Um, much easier communication between us and politicians via email, for example. Or just generally on Twitter. It's like, back at 20 years ago, people our age would never have had the power to be able to tweet... Um, a few words out, and then have thousands of people see it. Mm. Um, yeah, I definitely think that the ability to sort of speak to MPs and things like that on Twitter or Instagram, for example, has really mm. given a mandate for MPs because they can't really say like, oh, we never saw it or anything when they're constantly sort of updating their own social media sites. So they must have sort of seen something or seen a glimmer of it, especially when things go viral on places like Twitter. They sort of trend throughout the whole of the UK. And it has meant that young people have been brought to the forefront of MPs' views. Because I think initially, MPs sort of thought like, oh, they're just other constituents. They're not really the ones that are the main voters because their main focus most of the time was sort of 18-year-olds and the ones that are just about to vote. But now the focus has turned to us as well because, yeah, we may not be voting sort of straight away, but in the next sort of two, three, four years, we will be voting. And if they don't sort of get our backing and listen to our views and serve us because we're their constituents, then, you know, they're not going to be getting votes from us in the next election. Yeah. And social media has been been a big part of that Um, because both us as young people can, as I said, get our views to them um, and also, we can find out what they are doing more easily. So, if yeah. they're voting on something in the House of Commons, or if they just had a meeting with know, the head of a uh, fossil fuel company about reducing their use of fossil fuels, I don't know, um, and just show us the work they're doing um, uh, that's benefiting us. Yeah, it's definitely added more sort of personality to the work that they do. 
and it's made them sort of seem more like an individual and less like someone that you know is an mp that sits in the commons that we can't really talk to because you know they're a politician it makes them seem more normal and more sort of in society and you know and it's not just young people that have the ability to speak to mps it's anyone really and social media has really sort of aided all people to do that because whether you're sort of 13 and you're just sort of starting to get into the world of social media or whether you're 40 you can still access it whether it be facebook or instagram or twitter or tiktok or whatever yeah and there are so many different different ways for young people and older people to sort of access different media within sort of politics or within sort of um music or photography or whatever subject you want to look at there are so many different mediums for you to look at these things on social media whether it be sort of a dancing video on tiktok or um something a picture on instagram feed there are so many different ways for so many different people to access um social media and it's much more inclusive than it was in in sort of the early 2000s so it's definitely a good thing to see how it's sort of evolved yeah definitely so obviously we've mentioned how there is so much more youth engagement and youth activism as a result on social media. But a lot of people criticise the fact that, you know, young people are more vocal and they use their youth voice more often. What would you say to combat that? If you have a voice and you need to use your opportunity to use it, you need to be able to have your voice heard. There isn't as such thing as too much. Mm. Um, we need it in the future. It's us that will be like inhabiting the planet. Um, mm. It's ours to, uh, as we grow up, um, we will be the ones looking after it. So it's policy decisions, for example, that will set our future. It's our future, so we need to have a say in what that future looks like. So we've seen like with so many different outlets, for example, TikTok sort of popping up and sort of the changing and evolving way of sort of Twitter and Instagram and how they're all really changing now to become sort of more progressive and more able Mm. to sort of understand the needs and the wants of young people. So for example, um, Twitter is now sort of planning to add spaces where you can sort of talk to people and things like that. Do you think these are positive Mm. things to see or potentially negative things? So, this is an interesting one. It's an area that's growing very rapidly. Mm. Um, Most commonly, Clubhouse. Yeah. Um, The iOS invite-only social network that is audio-only. I have experienced one or two Twitter spaces rooms um, I've been on a few. I think the possibility is very positive um, what they can be used for. Um, I've listened to some fascinating talks about a few things on there, um, particularly about how Clubhouse is um, what's happening on Clubhouse because I've heard a lot of negative things on there as well. Um, like I know Clubhouse at the moment is coming under fire because it doesn't have many moderator tools or mm. doesn't have, um, well, it's break, um, about how it's breaking a lot of GDPR. But I think there's definitely going to be a lot of need for the moderator's tools. But I think if it all 
worked correctly and like the moderator tools come in, it would be a very positive opportunity. Mm. And like the, I think it'll under, it will 100% depend on who is managing the room, who is sort of hosting the room, as they call it. And they, that is the person who has the power to mute people if needed. And that's, that would decide whether it's a safe, positive experience or bad, negative experience. Yeah, definitely. And I feel with like things like Yubo, for example, they're, they have moderation, but they don't have enough. And I think that's why we've sort of seen sort of the, re- the re- decline in sort of people using Yubo, because Yubo, although, yeah, there's moderators who will sort of occasionally, you know, um, tell people off as things like swearing or nudity or something like that, but there's just not enough of moderation. And I think that if apps sort of go in the direction of sort of Yubo and things like that, and allows things that are quite harmful to be on the platform, then, you know, social media won't go in the right direction. So what would you like mm. to see in the future of social media? I think it'll just be, I think 100% depends on demand. Personally, mm. I think audio is definitely going to be a big area. Mm. Um, and video, video seems, it's quite a weird thing because Vine, back in 2014, bought by Twitter, it was a short video platform, very similar, well, not quite identical, but very similar um, to TikTok. Mm -hmm. So, it seems to come in circles. So, the next thing I would see, I'm thinking, is definitely the decline of video uh, with apps like TikTok. Um, And then we've got the rise of the audio. Um, but potentially in a few years' time, video will make its comeback again. And I think it's going to be a vicious cycle of that. And it depends how technology changes. Um, Instagram live streaming just increased to four people a month or two ago. And I think it's going to be like the ultimate one, I guess, that I would like to see would be a bit of a mix between sort of some of Facebook, some of Twitter, so sort of a friends network, but the way Facebook works, like the pages, for example, like, um, so it's only a friends, but rather than like retweets, it's just seeing people's and replying to people's that you know, um, so a safe space like that, and being able to have something like that and... I don't know, like, stories are being used everywhere now, and I've seen that a common criticism of certain applications, like Spotify now has stories, and a lot of people are asking why. Uh, Microsoft Excel, I, I think it was an April Fool's joke, but um, that was said to be getting audio rooms. But, yeah, I think it will be an interesting one to watch, sure. Yeah, I can definitely see the rise in audio because, you know, it's easier to do. You know, you don't have to worry about spelling mistakes when you type and and video mm. is just a bit too personal for some people. So I feel that like audio is just like something you can just have and it's quite easy. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, if, audio. You're, if you're anxious about like how you look that day or something, it's a, it removes all that anxiety and stigma. Mm. Mm. So yeah, I think it's quite a good medium to sort of include everybody 
within sort of with audio because I think videos is just a bit too personal for a lot of people. Texting, you know, mm. some people like it, some people don't like it, but I think audio is quite a good level because it's personal, but not too personal. So you know who you're talking to, but they don't have to sort of sew their face or worry about making sure that they look a certain way because it's just talking. Yeah. So if you could speak to any decision maker on social media right now, what would you ask for? I would say more control and moderation. Yeah. Uh, better moderation. So this was happening sort of January, February. Huge rise in Instagram DM spam, uh, like group chats mm. um, that were highly inappropriate. Um, I know somebody that um, I saw somebody that said that they clicked the link and what they saw was highly inappropriate for somebody of their age. Um, and I think controlling stuff like that so just even just something as simple as ai scanning links and just like a warning if the link contains uh, adult content mm. i think mm. that model more moderation generally um and also making sure that they watch how the sort of their but like this summer we'll be discussing more tuesday but their psychological triggers Mm. So, like, constantly getting notified. Well, like, when you post something, um, this works more on public accounts than private accounts, I think. But when you post something, if you're not in the app, if you've got it closed, they will send you notifications. And then they push your post out to more people, so more people like it. So that you get more notifications to try and pull you into the app so that they can show you ads, because that's how they make their money. Yeah, I think definitely with social media apps, it's very about sort of making money. And like, yeah, they're good at sort of keeping people together and stuff. But I think a lot of people don't realise how, you know, they need to look after their well-being as well. And which is why I tend to prefer to go to, if I want to speak to my friends or have a conversation, I prefer to go to apps that are only conversation. So things that don't have sort of feeds or anything that I've got to sort of worry about and things like that. That's why I prefer things like Discord. And I prefer sort of, like, yeah. even using Zoom sometimes, I, I don't mind that. I prefer to use Zoom or Discord as opposed to going on Instagram and getting these sort of harassing messages and spam messages and stuff like that from people I do yeah, know and, and invite me to group chat. So it, it is better and, and definitely and like di- moderation. And like Discord, the way it works is their pricing so that it's free, but they don't rely on ads to keep it going. No. You can get premium. Um but a lot, so like premium you don't normally need, but if people buy premium, they don't need to show ads, which no. means they don't need all that like notification spam to try and get you on the platform. Yeah, and I think the way this all works is just so much better because you can pay for Nitro and you can have sort of the extra features like being able to send larger documents and things like that. But even yeah. if you don't have the money to afford that, you can still use the app properly and still get a, like get worth your while on the app and exactly. not have to worry about sort of psychological triggers as you mentioned. So yeah, definitely Discord is sort of looking at the right direction. And as long as you know they make sure they stick to GDPR and things like that, then you know I think that's definitely a good one to sort of keep using in the future. Yeah, definitely. So throughout your experience of the pandemic, what would be your number one tip to yourself or anyone else going through a pandemic again? I would say rest, relax, don't worry about like constantly checking social media, Mm. try and take a break, separate work from 
relaxation time mm-hmm. and just if you can if you're allowed go for that short walk outside and get fresh air mm, definitely fresh air has been something that you know a lot of people have um taken for granted initially and now that we've got we've got that period to go outside and have that fresh air it's a really really useful thing to have and and we've seen how the weather and everything's just been so much more nicer during lockdown because all the cars have been gone so definitely getting that fresh air and taking those breaks and making those boundaries between you sort of being on social media or working and stuff like that and just getting outside and having a change of scenery is definitely something to do so thank you ever so much for talking to me today it's honestly been an amazing experience just to sort of hear you and hear sort of the things you're talking about and i'm honestly so excited for the event on tuesday like i honestly can't wait for it and i'm really excited to hear what other people have to say thank you for having me and yes looking forward to tuesday it's my pleasure so thank you and goodbye